0: Vic had a bunch of really awful jokes for when we started recording. I don't know if I can remember literally any of them. Um... Start recording
1: harder, Daddy.
2: This is Brent Podcast. Okay. I'm Nemo, your host. Uh, I use they then pronounce. And, God. I'm i can not Get out of the headspace now of just the daddy kink. Um, (laughs) So, here we are. (laughs) Unacceptable.
0: I'm Grace. I use they, them pronouns. And I'm your legacy primary researcher and a great opinion haver. I am also, I will never and hate the mind place of life. No, I meant specifically of the daddy kink. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just generally very upset by this. I'm Stevie, your current
1: primary researcher. She, her pronouns. I was going to say something, but I don't think I can bring myself to. Oh my God.
2: (laughs) Save it for the private chat. (laughs)
1: Uh, Well, in the vein of Grace not liking how this is all going... It's still Waterloo. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not going well. Uh, where we left off, there was the horse trench disaster. Oh, and then Hugo's whole, like, Napoleon had been impeached in heaven and his full decreed. He was troublesome to God. bullshit. How this w- this battle of Waterloo was going to change the direction of history. Uh, and that's where we kind of left off. So yeah, the disaster of the Sunken Lane had decimated but not dismayed them uh so the french are still like fighting pretty hard they were men of the kind whose hearts grow larger as their numbers shrink
2: you know what else grows larger
0: <laughs> as your numbers shrink
2: <laughs> i don't know i've been thinking a lot about napoleon and uh, wellington this <laughs> week
1: there's more data for the fix to come I don't know, my energy going into reading this week was kind of different from last week, where I was, like, slugging through it. I think I've reached acceptance of what was. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, this is I anger. <laughs> I was in anger last week. Um, Yeah, so I was just, like, enjoying it, laughing at all of the very Victor Hugo, like... Just him being his bad self. There are moments in battle when the souls of men so harden as to turn flesh to stone. Um... Yeah, so that big battle kind of like in the center is what's going on. Um, And even though the French lost like a third of their cavalry in the trench thing, like they're still kind of doing okay. Like it's going pretty badly for the English
0: as well. Um, Stevie, sorry, I hate to be a pedant, but um, you said a third and and they've technically lost um, a tenth because... They, uh, you know he said, he said that they'd been decimated which explicitly means that they. oh my god <laughs> fuck off
2: fuck <laughs> off <laughs> <laughs> like right now I'm going to quit this podcast <laughs> oh, I mean like, you know is there a
1: joke? I'm, I'm just not smart enough to
2: I was actually running through the lyrics of Waterloo in my head like uh, abba 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 it wasn't <laughs> so angry hey,
0: uh, you know I mean that's explicitly what it means so um, <laughs> you know, I think we should be more careful about our choice of language,
2: um, oh. language. Yeah. I'm going to commit a murder
0: <laughs> <laughs> haha you'll have to break social distancing to do that so <laughs> <laughs> I fucking will you know <laughs> oh nice. no okay you can carry on now sorry okay thank you <laughs> <laughs> um We get a lot
1: of, uh, battle imagery as like, a force of nature. Oh, and the same from last week. The, like, Greek gods. Maybe this is my Iliad, says Victor to Hugo. Um, so, like, the battle assumed a monstrous aspect. The sort of armies ceasing to be formations of men and becoming craters and horsemen ceasing to be cavalry and becoming a tempest. Every square of volcano enveloped in a thundercloud. Lava defying the lightning, uh... Uh, and then we get, and this is a very, it made me think of the Magnus Archives actually. All this is going on, and there's this one Piper who just like, indifferent mm-hmm. to the slaughter around him, uh, continued to play airs that were the echo of his n- native forests, lakes, and hills. Those Scotsmen died remembering Ben Nevis as the Greeks ben had Nevis. died remembering
2: Argos. <laughs> Damn. Hmm. Damn. So, that is an entire episode of Magnus Archives. Mm. And just a whole
1: nother him being like, but you, my Iliad, my, 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 Iliad.
0: Iliad. <laughs> um, I, I, I haven't, uh, Magnus Archives, so I have no context, but.
2: There is literally an episode where there's a, it's like a war and like, there's just a lone piper who just like walks around playing. Huh. Uh, yeah. And there are loads of like evil bagpipe sounds, <laughs> <laughs> which is what Ben Nevis makes me think of
0: evil bagpipes (laughs) ensue.
1: He does get cut down eventually, sadly. The good times must come to an end. Um, And it's at this point that Wellington bethought him of his own cavalry. If Napoleon at the same moment had thought of his infantry, he would have won the battle. This oversight was his fatal error. (laughs) So, once again, we're foils of each other, but also (laughs) so is it God's fault, Victor Hugo,
0: or is it battle strategy? Which one is it? Mm. Well, who bro, created bro. battle strategy but, but but God, you know?
2: <laughs> um how would you back that up?
0: Um, I, I think it's true. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, yeah, fair enough.
0: That's
1: yeah. basically where the like end conclusion I think Hugo was coming to at the end of his <laughs> I'm gonna read there was literally that he's like, and you know, God made the strategies. So Grace was just channeling Victor Hugo in this moment. Oh How <laughs> there you
0: feel, we fucking Grace? go. Some of us, some of us was ahead of the fucking curve. Let, let's, <laughs> be here. let's be straight
1: here. Yeah. So there's more fighting, fighting, fighting. Everyone's fighting really hard and really bravely, bravely, bravery, <laughs> bravery. Um, it was no longer a conflict of men, but of shadows, furies, spirits exalted in a tempest of high courage amid the flashing of swords.
0: That's good. I feel like he's just going too hard on... I feel like if you hadn't noticed that he was trying to make it the Iliad, um, <laughs> you'd have been like, wow, this is... Wow, nice. But like knowing that he just basically wants to write an epic, it just... Mm. like Victor, you know you can also
2: do other stuff. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he did do a lot of other stuff.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> there's a bit there's a whole book and also I guess a podcast about that. The about the other <laughs> <part>. <laughs> I mean mm. but with this specific bit, this bit. Mm. I think it was
1: like my problem with the ones last week. I think I remember saying that I was like, if he would just fucking commit to this silly over the top style, I can get into it. And last, mm. the ones last week, it was like, here is me being the Iliad okay, here's me talking about battle strategy. Whereas yeah. kind of at this point, he's sort of increasing the amount of poetic drama, which maybe that's why I was enjoying it more because he was just like, oh, Hugo, it's oh, the fun you're having. <laughs> yeah, the English were profoundly shaken, even though, again, the horse trench that happened to the French Um Wellington's position had decidedly worsened. The battle was like a duel between two grievously wounded men, each with blood draining out of him, neither willing to yield. Hey,
2: (laughs) that's also a line lifted from my fanfic. I just don't know where Hugo is getting all of this. Oh
0: my god. There's a lot happening in that fanfic.
2: (laughs) I, um... I don't know how it happened, but I started reading um, Catechia and the Hypno and Reborn fanfic last night, and there was one I read which was basically just this. Oh my god. They were like, do you want to fight? Yeah, I want to fight, and then they started fucking. God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure be that but, way sometime. Yeah, sure do. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, they both have another nice little uh, narrative parallel moment with each other. Both armies are in a bad shape at this point. Neither of them are quite taking that centre point. The English are like, can we get some reinforcements in? And Wellington's like, uh, well, that he's like, there are none. They must fight till they drop. And at the same moment, by a coincidence which illustrates the exhaustion of both armies, Ney was asking Napoleon for infantry and Napoleon was exclaiming,
0: where does he think I can get any? Does he expect me to manufacture them? Does he does he think that there's a magic infantry tree that we can just shake? Isn't
2: Animal crossing. Infantry doesn't grow on trees. I, I,
0: I think Animal Crossing would be a really different game if if infantry
2: grew <laughs> on trees. I mean, don't you like it when you shake the trees and like whole armies just fall out of them? I hate that.
0: That's my least favorite part of this game. <laughs>
1: so yeah at this point both of them are like i got i've literally got nothing to give you this is what it is uh wellington's case was even worse uh he had no more cavalry and a large number of his guns were out of action there's a list i'm, I'm skipping over the and now hugo lists every fucking gunman <laughs> moment uh but just know that they're there uh but they can see that what's that on the horizon Movement. It's Jean Valjean. <laughs> <laughs> I wish this is the one time that it's not Jean Valjean. <laughs> but we do have a like who could it be? It's got to be Blue Shirt or Darkness. Um so basically the Wellington and the English are like looking and they're like, "Oh, is that our Prussian reinforcements? Reinforcements?" I really hope it is. If it isn't, we're fucked. Um and at the same time Napoleon's tragic miscalculation Um uh, <laughs> Was that he was like, no, it's our reinforcements. We fucking yeah. got this from the bad guys. Um, oh, no. And we get, like, some more destiny-shaping moments, blah, blah, blah. He saw the shadow of St. Helena, like, big, dramatic bullshit. Um, yeah. But we get, so if you remember in the last episode, there was one of the, like, that one farmhand guy who in choosing not to let Napoleon know about the trench, trench. Mm. that you're kind of like, oh, that was like a nice moment of someone who could be quite insignificant sort of shaping these big events. We've got a shepherd boy Mm. who was acting as the guide to the Prussian reinforcements who were fighting on the English side. Um, And he'd taken them down a certain path. And if he hadn't taken them down that path, Maybe they wouldn't have got there in time if there'd been even so much as a two-hour delay. The battle would have been won. Uh, yeah, we got another little reference to that wet, wet road if we remember from two episodes back. That, uh, that rain that just like fucked everything. Was it God's fault or the weather's fault? I guess it's both.
0: The two genders. Are you God or are you weather? Hack <laughs> yourself. I'm weather. <laughs> Say um, it, Nemo, say it.
2: <laughs> uh, I was literally just <laughs> thinking, um, oh, God, where did the thought go? It was, oh, what did you just say? Oh, when Stevie was like that wet bird road and I was like, th- there's only one thing I can say <laughs> right now. And I was just like waiting for it to go. <laughs>
0: <away>. <laughs> Intrusive thought of the day is that's a line from my fanfic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, I'm so sorry Stevie, that you need to record this podcast with two actual children. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I've said worse
1: things to Nilo. <laughs> they're both like who could it be? Is it? I'm sure that it must be grouchy the uh, French reinforcement, but it's spelt grouchy, so that <laughs> that got me through this a little bit, <laughs> but it was the Prussian reinforcements uh, who had been sort of like got to a point and then they're like, OK, let's rest up a little bit before getting involved. But then they saw just how precarious Wellington's state was. So Blücher ordered his attack. Um, we must give
2: the English a breather. So a contender <laughs> for Wellington's. Hand in the fix, you know? Question mark. Excellent. We need to have that, like you know, in uh, the alley anime when like the third guy comes along and you're like, oh god, <laughs> <laughs> fuck off.
0: Who? are Who
1: I think it was at this point that I was like, ah, I think that I actually have read about these moments in Hitalia fanfics when I was 15. Oh <laughs> Because suddenly pressure's here to help England.
2: (laughs) Just the disappointed silence in me. (laughs) We just sure live our lives in a certain way. Mm Uh.
1: So then, next chapter: the Imperial Guard. We know the rest: the intervention of a third army and the transformation of the battle.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We know the
0: rest. (laughs) We know it. Uh.
2: (laughs)
1: yeah so he gives us a little overview of what we already know but it goes to, it, it must be said again um yeah the Prussians sort of help the English the combined forces sort of like pushes the French back they'll eventually win oh <laughs> here is so I actually read this chapter last week when I was in the like oh my god how will I get through this um and I'd circled this line that doesn't really rhyme, but it rhymed enough that it like really like amused me and got me through it <laughs> disaster in front and disaster on the flank and the guard flung in in an attempt to stay the hideous collapse <laughs> like it's not a rhyme even at all but when I read it I was like oh damn
0: yeah oh no it does sound like um um the sort of thing that if someone said it at a of like a, a poetry reading, I'd be like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gim, Gim.
1: <laughs> We all snap our fingers in agreement. Yeah. yeah, so then the French are dying, they're shouting, Vive l'Emper, history knows no more poignant moment apparently, <laughs> says Victor Hugo. Yeah, we get some very like Impressive imagery again for the French army with their, like, eagle badges and they're steadfast and magnificent. But Wellington's still like, I can still shoot them, guys. (laughs) 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 So then, like, even behind the shelter of their badges they go down. They're like, okay, oh. (laughs) Yeah, this this is, like, very much the turning of the battle. So then Ney, N-E-Y is one of Napoleon's main dudes. He sort of comes up a, a bit during these chapters. Um, I think Victor Hugo just loves the like bloodied man in a torn uniform as much as the rest of us. <laughs> wild-eyed and in his ex- splendid in his acceptance of death, with a his tunic unbuttoned and, and one epaulet half-shorn away by a saber stroke, bleeding oh and superb God. with a broken sword in his hand. <laughs>
2: Wow, this is some thirsty
0: shit. All I can think of is Star Trek. Oh my <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> all I can see this as is Star Trek now. That's just We got that
1: moment of uh Javert's, like slightly disheveled a little while back as well. It's like, ooh, and one unbuttoned and you're like, Ooh, you're like a ruffled man, Victor Hugo <laughs> Or you know what the people want.
0: <laughs> <laughs> mm. mm,
1: so Nay's like This is how a Marshal of France dies on the field of battle, but he did not die. Um, He's desperately trying to get himself killed, heroically. um, But he was reserved for French bullets. Unhappy man. Uh, And we get a little, there's little asterisks that lead you to more information at the bottom of the page. Footnote. Footnote (laughs) that um, Ney was executed on the 7th of October, 1815, having been condemned to death by the French Chamber. And he was French, so I'll look in, or someone will look into <laughs> why he was executed after this like disheveled, hot man moment that he got to have.
2: It was because he was so hot; he He's had to be, keep- yeah, <laughs> cut out of his misery.
1: Yeah. Then we go into the next chapter: catastrophe. More imagery of like battles as like tempests and uh, like a force of nature, a distant. In- grating army is like the thawing of a glacier a mindless jostling commotion total disruption uh, friends striking each other down in an effort to escape Yeah, so the French are sort of turning tide, sort of trying to get away they can sort of see where this is going some of the French generals are trying to rally the men like no we've got to keep fighting and they're like fuck this trying to take the horses from each other to ride away Napoleon steps up a little barrier to try and stop this from happening, but, like, there's nothing to be done. An army of 40,000 men, the lions of France, became sheep for Zeiton to slaughter at his leisure. That was the picture. Yeah, and then, I guess, it, this must be the moment where it was very clear to everyone that, like, okay, so the French was lost. And we get some little moments of some people trying to surrender, but that the Prussians, of, and I guess the English as well, were like, no, just fucking, we're not taking prisoners today. Um, Victor Hugo's like, to to the dishonor of old Blucher, victory was crowned with murder. Let us punish, for we are history. And they're like, but this whole thing has been a murder.
2: The fucking cowards didn't take any prisoners of war.
1: (laughs) Mm. But was there no cause for this total collapse of an army whose gallantry had astonished the world? Yes. The shadow of a momentous justice lay over Waterloo. It was the day of destiny when a force (laughs) greater than mankind prevailed. Waterloo was the hinge of the 19th century. A great man had to disappear in order that a great century might be born. And who, one, one who is unanswerable had taken the matter in hand. And thus the panic of so many heroes is explained. It was not merely a shadow that fell upon Waterloo, but a thunderbolt. It was God himself. <laughs>
0: I, think Burke sometimes.
1: <laughs> I just this fucking book sometimes. Our final little image of... Uh, Napoleon for now is that uh as night fell, two officers came up came up with a haggard eyed man who uh had dismounted his horse, had been borne thus far on the tides of defeat, uh, and was walking back alone in the direction of Waterloo. It was Napoleon, still trying to go forward, the giant somnibulist of a shattered dream. somnibulist which means sleepwalker, so the sleepwalker oh, okay. of a shattered dream. <laughs>
0: Somnambulist so, so, exactly. Somnambulist is, is, the, is the Somnambulist is in um Ambulare um which is
2: to walk um and somnus which is to sleep. So when you said it, um what sleep what was it? When you Sleepwalker of Over Shattered Dream. Over Shattered Dream is a fucking great song title. <laughs> 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 That's
0: very true. <laughs> All I can think of about it is, is to the tune of um, Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Yeah, <laughs> the same. <laughs> yeah. And
1: I'm looking at the words and I'm like, make them fit. Come on, beats. <laughs> Do it. So at, at least where I'm read right up to, that's like the last image of Napoleon. Still sort of dazed, still trying to keep going. Then we get to the last square, which is... So at this point, the French army is scattering... A lot of the generals are dead, uh, like, as they said, sort of Napoleon sort of tried to stop people from fleeing and trying to rally some like, come on guys, let's just keep going. Yeah, so the whole army is a uh, split up, each individual regiment, sundered from the others and having no link with the army as a whole, died in its own way. Then we get like a load of instances of that, like oh, people, there was people in this area, people in this area here's some people who were in an abandoned area, but they were still formidable, but they suffered the final agony and, uh, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. But, uh, there's one square by nine o'clock in the evening, that one square that was holding out against the concentrated artillery fire of the victorious enemy. It was commanded by a little-known officer named Kembron. And Mickey Higgins loves this guy, like, a lot. (laughs) and it's because, uh, yeah, like... He's wearing a ripped shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well some definitely some things are in tatters, the flag's in tatters, we must assume his outfit is in tatters. Yeah, um, like they're like still sort of trying to hold up against like this losing battle. Um and then, uh, the English are like, brave Frenchman, will you not surrender? And Combron answered, mad. <laughs> <laughs> Which Victor Hugo will go on to explain in a like a whole page and a half that this that murder means shit and
0: why this is the best oh moment God. of anyone's life ever. I don't, I don't, like, why does will you not surrender shit? Like, I don't <laughs> understand. Like, well, he's gonna
1: explain to you, don't worry. Oh, I can't, can't wait. In our last title, the title. Last chapter titled Cambron, and it's literally a page and a half of him being like, This was some fucking tight shit, guys. Here's why. (laughs) It was so good. It (laughs) was literally like, From respect for the decencies of language, this word, perhaps the greatest ever uttered by a Frenchman, is not repeated (gasps) in the history books. The sublime is banned from the record.
2: Oh my god. (laughs) At our risk and peril, we have defied the ban. He's basically doing like an epic rap battle of history kind of thing, right? Like,
0: yeah. <laughs> next time, next time that my that like my mum says something like, you know, oh, we spent all this time on your education, and all you have to say is this swear word. I'm gonna say something like that too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the
2: sublimest thing on the record, as the great poet Hugo once said. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Literally though. The real victor of Waterloo was not the defeated No Napoleon or Wellington. He was so nearly defeated. Or Blucher, who scarcely fought. It was Cambron. Thus to defy lightnings is to be victorious. Um, Wow. But literally, he's like, because he was like, shit. He was like, he was challenging fate itself. and. (laughs) Oh my God. I get, like, standing up against the rain-swept darkness and that mocking, traitorous wall and, like, to incarnate irony at the mouth of the grave, staying erect when prostrate. <laughs> Caesar makes the crudest of words into the greatest by investing it with the splendour of France. Insolently conclude, Waterloo, er... Uh, compress this victory in a single word that may not be spoken, losing the field but gaining history and at the end of carnage winning to one side the hosts of laughter. This is sublime. Oh my
0: god. It's actually, it's all very French. It is very (laughs) French. (laughs) This whole situation is deeply French. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. It's literally like everyone
1: else with the thundering Jupiter's And they had set their foot on Napoleon. And now there was only Cambron, the earthworm, who still outfaced them. Searching for a word as one may reach for a sword. The word was spat out of his mouth. (laughs) Like, I'm only reading out parts of this. Like, there is more of how much he's like, here's how he said this word. And the word meant excrement. Let us repeat it. (laughs) To do this was to conquer. Like, he fucking
0: loves this shit. He, loves, he literally does. <laughs> <laughs>
2: One of his later essays is about slang. Mm-hmm. In this book, so we'll, we'll have it later.
1: Cambron's <laughs> hmm. expression of giant contempt was held not merely at Europe in the name of the empire, which would have been little enough. It was held at the past in the name of the revolution. It was Danton speaking, Kluber bellowing defiance. Uh, but He's then... such a
2: fucking
1: nerd. <laughs> and then it's finally at this point that the English are like, "Okay, shoot them." <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's just fucking. This has gone on too much. They're being too French for us.
0: Can you imagine how different how different this um, this book would be like if at the end, when um, if like instead of taking um, taking Anjoras' hand. Um Conter just like turned to the to the rifleman and just said, shit.
2: <laughs> I feel like it would have been a better novel actually. I feel like it would make more sense. Yeah. I mean, based on this moment, yeah. I do love the um um uh the earthworm thing though. Yeah, like, I
0: like that a lot.
2: What is better than calling someone an earthworm? <laughs> but in a reverent way, like
0: that's great. Yeah, yeah. Like what was the? I mean, earthworms are fucking so important for the um, like, like so ecologically important. It's just, ugh, it's great. Love it.
1: He lived too strongly, and thus had to die. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that was like their final moment of like, no, we can hold out. So, thus did the legions of France. Greater than the legions of Rome, some might say. seeing <laughs> well, um, Victor Hugo <laughs> expire on the rain-soaked, blood-soaked earth of the Mont Saint Jean, amid the darkened corn, at the place where now the postcard passes at four in the morning on its way to Nivelles, with Joseph the postman blithely whipping up his horse. Joseph
2: the postman, mm-hmm. the most mm-hmm.
1: French mm-hmm. name. It's. I've not given it a more English pronunciation it says joseph
2: <laughs> excellent i was just surprised that a he got a name and b that it was joseph
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah more of the, the there was a sprinkling of victor hugo's like and when these guns blazed you can still see those pog marks on this wall to this day um yeah he was like don't forget that i'm here in real life looking at these places guys oh, yeah. <laughs> i went on this <laughs> walk
2: i am a travel historian
1: But I I don't don't actually want to write history because then you can tell me off if I get it wrong. No, I'm just giving (laughs) away what I think happened. (laughs) That's actually as far as I read. I forget how much I can condense.
2: (laughs) Uh I I really like the um, fake historian things and I just find it very exciting. (laughs) (laughs) And his stupid Iliad fetish.
0: It's I I feel like it comes across it comes across very excitingly to us who are being condensed it by Stevie. Mm. I don't know how how much it would thrill me to actually read.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like that's all I have to say. On I the think it really was that these chapters he merged his two styles a lot more. Like like the ones from last week, especially the first couple, where it was. Here's me the historian. Here's me dramatically giving you some good little moments. They did feel very apart to me, and it was hard to get through. whereas this was a lot more fun because it was just
0: almost silly. I don't know. I wonder if there's a um like a narrative reason for where for his shift other than like the obvious sort of narrative reasons like the um you know investing people's emotions or disinvesting people's emotions um, I wonder if there's like a a narrative consistency in like the bits that he highlights in one way or the other yeah. I don't have one but <laughs> <laughs> but what if there was one?
2: what if there was, what one? If there was one? I don't know what, how about you like...
0: Like... read it again Stevie and then let us know what you
2: <laughs> think yeah yeah <laughs> reread the whole novel yeah. <laughs> um i'm trying to because it's not like he suddenly started doing it with waterloo like because he had the um fake historian thing before now too so i'm trying to work out it's not only him wanting to write an essay but i don't know my brain is not working out what that would mean
1: (laughs) i guess it's more noticeable at this point because we're like Where are our characters, Victor Hugo?
2: We've got nothing else to focus on. (laughs) Mm.
1: So then like his style becomes a lot more forefront when you're not distracted by plot. The actual Mm. story
0: that he's trying to tell, yeah.
1: (laughs) But like as I was going through these I'd put little like either little notes or I was putting little stars, especially when there was like classical or very like Iliad moments. Mm. Um just to remind myself where to read. And they definitely like increase over the course, like from the beginning of the waterloo segment, there's like the occasional one. And then like just flicking back now, I can see like a lot, like it does become denser with that kind of thing and that kind of style.
2: <laughs> he just gets going and he's like, oh shit, wait, maybe, maybe this is actually really good. <laughs> <laughs> maybe this is what people want when they read a novel. <laughs> Give
0: us what we want. Absolutely not. Read about the sewers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: mm, I feel less feel less harshly about Waterloo in this moment, having just read his essay on why someone saying shit was incredible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a pretty excellent. Like that makes me feel more fondly of um, Vh. I, must admit.
1: <laughs> mm. I still don't know that I allow it to fit into this
0: greater story, but as a, a separate thing, just fun to read. Sorry, what are you going to say, Grace? No, I was just going to... I was wondering where my abbreviation of Victor Hugo into VH suddenly came from. I was still just going <laughs> to muse, muse on that. Is there any... Is oh, Is this the one swear word that, that Victor Hugo gets in his PG book? <laughs> <laughs>
2: mm, I don't think so. Yeah, is there more swearing? Is there more swearing? I don't know because it's in translation.
0: Ah, hmm. uh, I feel like they would I feel like it can't would have be. Though, to right but, but you, I feel like you would have to translate a swear word into something that has similar power. Hmm. Like that's a big purposeful Feelings, choice. Yeah. Have we had any so far? I don't hmm. think so. Not anything that we would currently consider a swear word.
2: Or maybe it's one of those things where, like. I mean, for us, it wouldn't have even, like, registered that he was swearing.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Because, yeah, when I read a swear word in a book, I don't go, huh, swear <gasps> word. word.
1: Um, oh, I so do. I... <laughs> they oh, usually really? Unless it's, like, a particular type of book. Maybe it's just the ones that I read. It, like, doesn't happen often. So when it does, they're like,
2: ooh,
1: something happens. <laughs> <laughs> sized here god the list was back
2: interesting it doesn't occur to me at all to like register this stuff so
0: swear watch victor hugo 2020 yeah if i was if i was reading like i I mean i don't read hugely anymore but so i'm thinking back to when i when i did like if i was reading like a ya novel or something you'd be like yeah they're just swearing but also but if you're reading fucking pride and prejudice you'd be like what (laughs) <laughs> you know, mm. like that is the so I, I feel like getting it from, from Victor Hugo is surprising.
2: But then Victor Hugo isn't Jane Austen. No.
0: Mm. No, but um it's the sort of thing where you don't I I don't expect it from a novel that people consider a classic.
2: If you mm. know what I mean.
0: Because of of how they're sort of uh, the only word I can think of is deified, but it's absolutely not what I mean. Um the way that they're sort of put up on a pedestal (laughs) revivified um um, the way that they're put up on a pedestal you know sort of means that we don't sort of see them in that way
2: interesting oh i don't at least i don't know like if i was reading like war and peace or something i I don't think it would register
1: i feel like we're immature enough but if there'd been a swear already at least me and grace would have giggled at it
2: (laughs) oh really that's really interesting Maybe it is a person to person thing mm. because, yeah, like for me, it wouldn't, yeah, I definitely I can't even picture now when there are swears in this book. Mm. Like, this one didn't register.
1: I feel like even I swear the in most French. in the real
2: life of all of us.
1: But yeah, I just don't expect them to, to, yeah, like Grace was saying, I don't expect them in like older books unless it's to be like, oh wow, this situation must be intense, he did a swear. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll keep an eye out. It's
2: such a silly thing to be keeping an eye on.
1: (laughs) We're more likely to
0: remember it than any of the other 20 things
1: we're meant to be looking out for. Yeah, true.
0: I mean, Nemo, you say it's a silly thing to look out for, but I think it's sublime. Fuck off. Sometimes that's just what the Waterloo segment is.
2: It's just boring. (laughs)
1: Like, I actually physically read out a lot of these ones. Like the fun mm. moments, but he's just recounting a battle that it turns out is not always easy to be like. Maybe this is foreshadowing of some of his other themes
2: that he's got. Maybe Victor Hugo's doing something here. Uh, yeah. Any last yeah. thoughts on this really boring <laughs> <little> group of <laughs> chapters from Victor Hugo? It's it's, it's
0: just what you get. Yeah. It
2: is just what
0: you get It's just
2: what you get This is just what you get on Bread and Barricade, the lamest <laughs> podcast produced <laughs> by me, <Neiman laughs> and Martin and Jillian It's a Captain's Collections podcast um, We have two different ways for you to send us some money um, <laughs> We got another donation <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. I was like, oh and then I was like, oh <laughs> um, From our dear mummy Alex <laughs> who wanted to exert her power by um, sending us money and calling us baby. So thank you, mommy, for the giving us money. You can also uh, exert yourself over us on Kofi <laughs> by giving us money and we will submit to it, um, if that's your thing. <laughs> um, if it's not, still do it. If it's not, still and do it. And you might discover and... that it is. Yeah, you know, yeah. you might discover something or you might not, and that's preferable for us. <laughs> Um, if you don't want to uh, financially dominate um, us. <laughs> us then you can uh, send us a nice review on uh, iTunes in any kind of form and if you do please let us know by tagging us uh, on twitter at Les podcast, L-E-S-M-I-S podcast or on tumblr at Tumblr.com or uh, by sending us in an email um, lamestpodcast at gmail.com uh, music. Our theme music is produced by Jade, who you can find on her band camp, uh, JD Wasabi, or on her Twitter at jdwasabi.twitter. Twitter. That's <laughs> not how you Twitter, but whatever, you understand what I mean. You know Twitter. And that's it, I say. <laughs> <laughs> Questions and so and enter. stuff. <laughs> Oh yeah, comments, questions, quibbles, you can also send to our email address. Um, Especially all the things that we have definitely got wrong about Waterloo. Just send us a whole essay to rival Victor Hugo, (laughs) because we will enjoy reading that. And thanks for listening.
0: Thanks. (laughs) Thanks for listening.
1: Oh my god. What the fuck? (laughs) This is just going to be... Instead of me actually telling you guys once I get to the end of this chapter like what it was, we're going to release this to our listeners and it'll be ASMR of Stevie reading <laughs> a <laughs> chapter of Waterloo. Russell and Page, Russell Page. Shakes head. Oh, Hugo.
0: <laughs>
1: Waterloo was a battle of best importance. Blah, blah, blah. English has been too modest. Blah, blah, blah. This will not please the English. Blah, blah.